Kyle Lowry was incredible in the fourth quarter, doing everything he could to fill in for Jimmy Butler, but it wasn't enough as Miami lose their third straight game. We'll have your breakdown coming up next. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Friday edition of Locked on Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening via YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. This episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Miami was on a back-to-back in Los Angeles after an overtime loss on Wednesday. Yes, time has completely lost meaning here. Uh, an overtime loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Another late for, ha- night for Heat fans and for, obviously, your Lockdown Heat hosts. And, unfortunately, this one was just as thrilling, though, but a 112-109 loss that came down to the final seconds without Jimmy Butler, who injured his ankle against the Lakers. Kyle Lowry had to take over, dominate the fourth quarter, scoring, was it 22 of his points there in the fourth quarter? Incredible effort from him. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough as Miami fell short to the Los Angeles Clippers, a very good defensive team who came up with some big plays down to stretch. This was a very odd game, Wes, because it started going to Bam Adebayo early on. He, he was, if not the story of the game, certainly a big focal point early on. But then towards the tail end of the game, it just seemed like he was no longer a part of the team's offense. I don't know if you accredit it to the Clippers' defense, but he took nine shots in total in the first quarter, dominant performance, and then just nine the rest of the way through three quarters of play. Did you see anything there in Bam Adebayo's game that you think limited his touches because he was so engaged early on, looked like the aggressive version of Bam that everybody's looking for and completely dominating? We talked about this in the pregame show. We thought it might be important to go to Bam early on with Jimmy's absence. They did that in the first quarter and then just completely went away from it. Yeah, it was strange, wasn't it? Uh, Bam looked so dominant early on. And um, I think part of that was just Bam doing kind of what he did in the third quarter against the Lakers, where it was just sort of taking control of the game, being aggressive. Um, And I thought the key was that almost every one of Miami's possessions that Bam was on the court for, Bam touched the ball. And then as the game went on, Bam wasn't involved in the action as much. Even if he wasn't the guy scoring, shooting at the basket or anything like that, he just, he wasn't the hub of the offense like he was earlier on. I, I want to give credit to the Clippers' defense before we start on the analysis here because I thought that they were awesome. This is a team that came into this game uh, winners of five straight games. Uh, now they've now they've now won six straight games, and uh, that defense has been absolutely incredible for them. The the weak side help on by guys like Nick Batum and Paul George is just on another level. You've got uh, Zubac has taken a leap in his own uh, right too, and he's been he's become an awesome rim protector for them. I think his size gave Bam some problems down the down the stretch of that game, but um, I think also partly it was just the Heat being a little disorganized and not really knowing what they wanted to do. Eric Spolster said in the post game that that was pretty much the case; like they really couldn't figure out how they wanted to go about scoring until right. the fourth quarter and Kyle Lowry took over. To your point, though, like you were scoring just fine in the first quarter; you had forty points in that first quarter, and it was like 33, 35 in the second and third quarter combined, like. Yeah. Um, I think it was part of them just getting away from it as they have over the, you know, it, historically with Bam. Like sometimes you get away from it. 
And I think some of it's got to go to the Clippers defense. That's a good point. Yeah. 40 points in the first quarter, as you mentioned, and then 38 through the second and third combined. And a lot of that has to do with the team's depth that did get a boost with a welcome return of Max Struess in the lineup. He had an okay game, uh, knocked down his first two three-pointers, then went just two of eight overall from the field, two of eight, all of them from three-point range. Fell in love with that shot a little bit too much. And on a night when the Heat were shooting just 22% from three-point range, he needed to capitalize on those a little bit more. Uh, Eric Spolstra said he liked his minutes. He liked his ability to bounce back after missing a couple weeks of play. You know, he's got to pump up his players a little bit, but I think it was a pretty disappointing night overall. Nine of 41 from three-point range. Uh, just Eric Spolster said it. They didn't have a lot going offensively. Right. I think the exact quote was, yeah, they didn't have a lot going offensively. Just kept it going with a lot of grit and timely shots. Some of those coming from Bam in the first quarter. Some of those coming from Tyler Hero. And then a lot of those coming from Kyle Lowry, who we should mention was, in yeah. the words of Eric Reed, magnificent in the fourth quarter. Just a fantastic yeah. game. taking, Doing everything defensively stealing the ball, making plays for others, drawing fouls, shooting timely shots. And a night when everybody was kind of writing him off because his shot had been struggling, he turned it up to a complete Hall of Fame level as we know he's capable of. Traditional point guard stuff, right? You feel out the game, you get guys involved, or at least you try to in the first three quarters or so. And then in the fourth quarter, you start scoring. Like that is, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, like, in the line of historic point guards, that's kind of what Kyle Lowry did there. Um, you got to give him credit. 22 of his 25 points in the fourth quarter. He scored like 11 straight for the Heat at some point to get them back yeah. into that game. Uh, doing it by driving to the basket, which is something that he did so often in Toronto. He was yeah. one of the leading uh, drivers uh, in the league with the Raptors. He's not been driving as much with the Heat as he's a little bit more perim- uh, perimeter-oriented, kind of facilitating handoffs with Bam, with Duncan. Uh, getting the ball to Jimmy Butler, getting it to Bam Adebayo in the post sometimes and stuff like that. But without Jimmy Butler in tonight, Jimmy Butler's still very much uh, getting to the basket this season with, with Miami when he's healthy. Um, without Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry kind of took that on and started getting to the basket. And I think he figured something out there in yeah. doing that because the Clippers guards were scoring really well, but they're not necessarily great defensively. And I think he was able to put pressure on them. Um, well, yeah. What play in particular, he was like matched up against uh, was it Isaiah Hartenstein and yeah. he refused to drive on him. And then he wound up pulling up for a fadeaway jumper, which he knocked down. But I was, it stood out to me because right away I was like, well, that's not great that he can't drive against a slow seven footer. And then, well, he was going up against Zubak. He was going up against everybody in the fourth quarter and able to get to the rim the way that, you know, again, he thought we could. I tweeted something about it, and the response came that he had been le- – I think he had 9.7 drives per game last season in Toronto. So a lot of people were writing it off as, oh, he's older. He can't get to the line anymore or get to the rim anymore. But 9.7 last year, just 5.3 this year. So a huge drop-off in that regard. Just well, Maybe, as you mentioned, just no longer – incorporating that into his office as he's kind of trying to feel his way through everything else. Anything else really yeah, stood no, out about... Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the Heat need to figure that out. But no, nothing really stood out from the game. You know, we, we should talk about the final play, at least the inbound pass. I had an opportunity there. Duncan Robinson, I know we're going to talk about him later on in the show. Um, some really big opportunities late to basically win this game for the Heat. And just like against the Lakers, he just really couldn't pull through. We'll talk about that later. But that ended up uh, resulting in an opportunity for Miami to at least try to tie the game on an inbounds play. I thought it was a really interesting design by Spo. You had um, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had Tyler Hero kind of darting from one side of the bat uh, of of the court. 
And then you had Kyle Lowry starting on the baseline. And then you had Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson sort of planted in the middle, setting down screens kind of in the opposite directions for their kind of their guys darting around. I was curious to see where they were going to go with it. They ended up trying to get to, to Lowry with it. P.J. Tucker lobbed it over Bam Adebayo. Um, and then Nick Batum just made an incredible play on it. Like, I don't even know how he saw it, honestly. Like, he just – he reached out with his limb. Maybe he got lucky. I don't even know what it was. But he knocked the ball away, and then he never got a chance to tie the game. So, uh, the comeback after the Clippers' comeback falls short. Um, but overall, this is not a sky-is-falling loss. I guess that's my major takeaway when we zoom out of the, on this thing, David. This is not a sky-is-falling loss here because when you when all things are considered I, – I understand the Heat have lost three straight. The Denver loss was bad, but I think that one was also, you know, they that's not they haven't won in Denver since 2016. You kind of right. that's when you sort of chop when you get when you get the schedule at the beginning of the season, you're like, all right, that's probably an L. And right. then with this with, with two back-to-back games at Staples Center, you lose to two good teams um on back-to-back nights uh in games where your best player, Jimmy Butler, played just one quarter. Um, and on the second night of back-to-back, you get a really great effort down the stretch. Uh, this is not a sky is falling loss. The Heat have lost three straight. They're not going to be number one in your power rankings on ESPN or NBA.com anymore. Uh, but none of that stuff matters. Uh, I still think that when Jimmy Butler comes back, this is still a really good team. They have things that they need to figure out. But like like I said, the sky's not falling here. Well, we will talk about Duncan Robinson later on the show. We'll also be giving out our report cards for some of the key performances from the game, as well as checking in on some of Nuster Dumbwes's predictions from earlier in the week, just to check in now that we're wrapping up the week and see how he did. But first, a reminder that this episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. It's always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food, a place where friends and families can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries or McFlurries, win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you can always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest your legs or refuel. You know, we've all gone to McDonald's at some point. It's a great place for families. You always see a bunch of families there. And I love driving around, going on road trips when I was driving in between Gainesville and Orlando to cover games. It was always fun. Or even when I were taking trips down to Miami, you always know there's a McDonald's there. And it's always a reliable place that you can count on. You know the food's always going to be great. I always enjoy stopping there and, and seeing other people along the way. I know you did as well, Wes, but uh, head down to your local McDonald's to refuel, reconnect. Did somebody say Locked On Heat Watch Party? And I am loving it. And then a reminder that we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated West desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code LOCKEDON to get that bonus from basketball, football, baseball's postseason, the NHL, boxing, and so much more to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON. All right, boys and girls, it is time for some player grades. That's right. It's time for report cards. And we've got report cards uh, for the Miami Heat's loss to the Clippers tonight. And the first one, David, has to go to Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry is going to get a big fat A. I'm going to tell you why it's an A, but first I'm going to tell you why it's not an A+. Okay. I understand that he had an incredible fourth quarter, one that 
Eric Reed went so far as to call a miracle, which was maybe mm. a little bit of an overstatement, but um, it has to, like, the first three quarters matter, and he scored three points in those first three quarters. 22 points in the fourth quarter. If this was a fourth quarter grade, this would be an A++++, whatever. Maybe one of those fake uh, letters that Elon Musk names his kids after. But uh, <laughs> in as far as the first three quarters, it wasn't great. And you got to think, like, if he was better in the second and third quarter, maybe the Heat don't give up that lead in the first place. So I'm going to give it an A because the fourth quarter was so incredible and because without Kyle Lowry, this ends up being a blowout and an embarrassing one. And, we're not even, and now we're talking about a sky is falling type of loss here. Um, but I, I'm comfortable giving him an A. It's a... I understand. I mean, I, I think it kind of it doesn't diminish what he did. Like an A plus is fine, whatever. We're kind of just picking at nits here. But the reality is that he just he had a fantastic night. He just took over the game. A lot of people were kind of scratching their head and wondering, well, who's going to fill in for Jimmy Butler? And Kyle stepped up so admirably. Being look, I, I I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I was you know making you know sending out tweets and saying you know Kyle just completely dropping the ball, the shot wasn't falling, not getting to the rim, and then all of a sudden just completely takes over as dominant performance as we've seen in a heat uniform from anybody from a LeBron James to a Dwayne Wade or anybody else, Jimmy Butler in the finals. This was as good a performance as we've ever seen. 22 points in the fourth quarter, a lot of that late in the fourth quarter too. And it just taking over the game, fantastic performance from him. But uh, my first player grade goes to the player who dominated the first quarter. That's Bam Adebayo. Fantastic game from him as well. Maybe not magnificent, maybe not a miraculous game as Eric Reed would say, but a pretty good one. All the, uh, I, look, 12 of 18 from the floor, 11 total rebounds, a block shot, and a steal. 30, uh, 30 points from him, 6 of 8 from the line as well. A game um, that would deserve an A, but I have to kind of give it an incomplete. I don't know if that's within the rules of what we're doing here, but to me, it just feels like he could have had that transcendent performance if they just kept going to him. And I know we talked about it in the first segment that maybe a lot of people you know, could have you know, maybe the, the Clippers did a good job of shutting him down, but I think that he kind of tended to go away from them as they do at times and, and not to their help. I think it really was detrimental to their success because it, it just seemed like it could have been an easy score to go to Bam, use his skills as a playmaker to get other guys some open looks. Instead, it, it kind of took over a little bit as hero ball, a lot of one-on-one ISO type situations and not running through Bam as much as they had in the first quarter. Giving Bam like a B minus, but with one of these arrows that are going down because had he done what he did in the first quarter a plus 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 and then what he did for the rest of the game was basically a d yeah i didn't look and so i guess the average of that is a b minus i'm not actually a teacher despite the the bow tie and the glasses but i i couldn't i we talked about it at the beginning and i just i I can't wait to go back and watch the film on this david because i i i have no idea what happened there I have no idea what happened because he was so dominant in the first. He still ends up finishing with the the team lead in points, but so dominant in the first quarter, just MVP type of play from him, right? All that that all NBA first team that 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 no ceiling potential that we know he has, and it's like, man, he just shows for entire quarter. It's not just flashes. It's not a couple of possessions that he strings together. It's entire quarters, whether it's the first one against the Clippers or the third quarter against the Lakers. Just entire quarters where he could just do it. And then he just doesn't do it for the rest of the game. Uh, I don't know if it's a substitution thing, the guys that he's on the court with. Um, I, I, I I can't figure out what it is. Like I said, I want to go back and watch the film, but there something's got to give here. Um, I don't know if it's a little bit too much U-turn, my turn stuff in this heat offense, which I'm starting to notice a little bit. 
too yep. often. Um, yep. But uh, I agree with your assessment. Like it, it, it was a weird game. And so I, I, so I used arrows and you used other letters that don't really count. <laughs> Fair enough. So who's your last player great for? Well, you know, I don't think that his, his performance was especially interesting, but he's worth talking about. And that's Max Struess because he's missed the last handful of games uh, out with injury and, and he made his return tonight. He was the uh, third player off the Heat's bench. They actually went to Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent before right. they went to Max Struess. And just as a quick aside, Gabe Vincent, some really, really good minutes, but you hate to, you hate to see him be relied on that much. Uh, that was not good. And in that second quarter, he was also kind of, the, there's not a lot of offense happening there, kind of the reason why they weren't Three able to play. Premium. Duncan Robinson yeah. got into foul trouble and they had to go to Gabe Vincent in that backcourt. Anyway, um, I'm going to just, I'm going to give a, uh, what uh, the opposite of of an incomplete? You know, you've got or whatever. Pat, you've got pass fail, right? I'm gonna give him a. I'm gonna give pass. him a big P. This is the worst P ever because I'm kind of turning it into from a C into a P. But I'm gonna give him a pass uh, in a good way. Like he came out, he hit his first two threes on back to back attempts. Everybody's like, oh boy, Max Drews, he's ready to go. That's the three point shooter they needed. Yeah. Then missed the next six straight. So whatever, six points, four rebounds, a steal, a couple turnovers, played 17 minutes. Didn't really make a major impact on this game, but it was just nice to see him back out there. Yeah, that's fair. And look, you talked about it before that on a, on a typical night when Kyle Lowry doesn't explode in the fourth quarter the way he did tonight or Duncan is struggling the way he did throughout the whole game. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. It's always good to have a reliable three-point shooting option. Unfortunately, Struess wasn't quite that. But he does stretch the floor. He does provide some of that same gravity that Duncan can, to, you know, at least in theory. Uh, and, you know, I think he can be a, an impactful player. He, he had some nice minutes, though, like we said, you know, was complimentary of Struess's performance, but needs to be a little bit more consistent with that shot. If you're taking eight three-pointers, 20% is not going to cut it. So you've got to be a little bit better than that. Uh, 25, excuse me. But we will talk about uh, uh, Duncan in the next segment because his struggles were pretty much dominating the conversation yeah. around the game. Yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to our Nostradamus uh, prediction recap. All coming up next. But first, we got to talk about Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food, the treats, plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. That's a perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories. And that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories, only four uh, grams of sugar with plenty of pro I'm having a hard time reading this with my these fake glasses, David. Uh, replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go to a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. So you know it's tasty too. Built bars are great are a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough. Go for a built bar or two right now. Share some of your fam share some at your family gatherings. It's gonna make things a lot less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet. That's a conversation starter. New surprises all month long. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So make sure you check out the site often. There's nothing like a built bar, Black Friday. Mark your calendar for that. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So instead of spending money on something you don't need, just get your protein bar uh situation uh all set with built bars go to built.com use that promo code locked 15 and you're going to get 15% off on your next order use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com 
Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskGalloHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. As always, you make sure that you follow us over on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us comp- uh, comments and always you can submit questions that way as well. We love getting feedback on the show. Uh, thanks to so many of you who have checked in during the week, even on a tough week like this when we're struggling you know, to stay awake and watching these games. Uh, it's always great to be able to engage with our incredible listener audience. But before we talk a little bit about the struggles of Duncan Robinson, and believe me, they're certainly worth talking about, let's check in on some of those predictions that Nostradamus had from earlier this week because, well... Not a great week for Nostradamus. Kind of nope. 0 for 3, yeah. 0 for 3 in his first week, but uh, <laughs> that's what happens, you know? When you when you look into the great beyond, sometimes it's not always as clear as you'd like it to be. Yeah, not a great debut for Nostradamus. I thought it was a really good segment idea. Um, I thought I would nail these predictions. And it looked good early on this week, David. Jimmy Butler had come out uh, strong against Denver. His I, I predicted the, or a season high, Nostradamus, that is. Predicted a season high in points before that Nuggets game. His season high was 36. He ends up finishing that game with 31 points. So it wasn't totally, it's not like he came out with a clunker. He actually had a nice game. Wasn't quite the season high that Nostradamus was predicting. He did predict a loss to the Nuggets. So that was correct. Um, <laughs> also predicted that Duncan Robinson would snap out of his shooting slump. Uh, right. I would say that that was not quite right there. And that Russell Westbrook would attempt at least 10 threes. Against the Heat, Russell Westbrook only attempted seven. So not if you were looking for a a lane for prop bets, probably wasn't the way to go. Um, If you were looking for a lane for, you know, wins and losses, uh, I don't know that I predicted the L.A. games. I don't think I did, but I did predict that Nuggets loss. So at least there was a there was a win there for Nostradamus. But uh, I think I think Nostradamus will be back on Monday to give it another shot. I think so. Look, part of this is. Look, it's it's always fun to make these kinds of predictions or in your case, you know, seeing from beyond and, and tapping yeah. into the great mysteries of the universe. It's uh, I don't think anybody envisioned an 0-3 start to this road trip, a five game road trip. Obviously, they've still got matchups on Saturday against the Utah Jazz. They wrap it up on Monday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Jazz game is going to be interesting. It's a 5 p.m. start here Eastern Eastern time. Uh, Rudy Gilbert involved in an incident with Miles Turner in his game tonight, so that should be interesting. Oh, also, quick shout out, quick shout out to David Locke for hooking up Donovan Mitchell with those right? Locked On Podcast Network t-shirts. Donovan looked pretty good in those t-shirts. I mean, looked better I, than I, me in the shirt. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, you know, he, he should he should wear a Locked On Podcast shirt from now on every time he's at the podium. Especially yeah, get somebody on the heat in a, in a Locked On shirt. I'm not sure who would who would wear it at this point, but Duncan, Duncan. But uh, I'm not sure. Use the luck. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Duncan, yeah, great segue there. I mean, as clunky as every shot Duncan took there. I don't look. I. We're kind of bagging him on, on him a little bit here, and unfairly so. Uh, mostly playing to the reaction of uh, our listeners and Heat fans in general, because he did finish 2 of 13 from the floor, 6 points, 2 of 11 from 3-point range, against the Lakers, missing a key layup, missing a couple of rebounds, free throws, etc. Uh, so that looked particularly bad. Uh, tonight, not quite as egregious. At least those particular things didn't stand out, but he made other mistakes. He did have... Two crucial blocks down the stretch. He played yes. really, really good defense on Zubats. He blocked his shot at the rim. And then I, something that I thought was uh, encouraging was that he kind of 
He really wanted to take the shot down at the other end. Kyle found him with a ball in the corner, took the three-pointer. It rimmed out, unfortunately. But the fact that Duncan was kind of willing to take that shot in a night when he had been at that point, I think, two of nine, uh, somewhat encouraging. I I don't know what else to say about the Duncan Robinson situation. Not to go all karate here, but the reality is that we don't, we don't have any answer. He's not going to say that he's not that he's not quite comfortable or that he's out of rhythm or something like that. Uh, Spolster was asked about it. His post game presser kind of just shrugged it off. He's like, you know what? This happens to great players. This happens to everybody. We've kind of got to just find a way to step snap out of it. Uh, the pressure is on Robinson. I'm sure he feels that more than anybody else. Uh, the looks were there. The shots just aren't falling. Did you see no. anything else that really stood out? I know you've talked about it before, and I know yeah. that you've got a piece coming up on the West Side that you want to, you know, kind of get into more details about it. But anything else that you think from Duncan's performance? Well, yeah, I've got, I've got uh, my weekly observations at the West Side. There's a bit about about it in it about the Duncan Robinson struggles, and part of it is that there are very different looks that he's getting this year, and and a lot has already been written about and made about uh, how those uh, dribble handoffs the looks off of dribble handoffs have kind of been replaced with catch and shoot attempts. And that's definitely part of it. Uh, But the larger part of it is that he's just not moving around the court as much or as quickly either. Mm. Um, And that, that on NBA.com, you can actually see how many miles per hour that they travel on offense. And his, and his rate is, is down quite a bit. What Mm. that says to me is that his decisiveness is down. It's not no long. It's not necessarily the, the action of shooting off of a dribble handoff versus the action of shooting a catch and shoot attempt. To me the dribble handoff those were those were scripted plays where you knew where he knew that he was just going to um uh like flash above a screen, get a handoff from Bam and then launch it. There was just a, a decisiveness to it, there was an action to it, there was an impact to it. And now it feels like with all the isolation and and the less dribble handoffs that are running in general, he's more like just uh He's kind of like a slot wide receiver operating against his own defense, just trying to figure out where this, the openings are. And that's mm-hmm. why the movement isn't there as much. And that's why he's moving a little bit slower. He's picking and prodding because he has to. And he's just having a hard time finding his spaces. So, again, I, I have a video breakdown on that um, in everybody's inboxes who are subscribed, again, to the website. So please do check that out. But the other thing, I'm, that, that doesn't mean anything when it comes to those those late clock end of game situations where he's got clean looks for a three. He had that one yeah. at the end, David. And it was just, you were just so rooting for that one to go down because yeah. he had the opportunity to basically win the heat, the ball game and erase this entire slump and just put it away and, and hit a game winner here. And it just wouldn't go in. And you could just see him, man, just so dejected going back to the sideline, throwing a water bottle at one point. Like it's just, it, you really feel for him. And you could just feel that frustration bubbling. Oh yeah, right. And, and that that just doesn't work when you're a shooter. When you just want to go lights out, and you just don't want to be thinking because I don't care how mentally strong you are. It is how do you not think about that before every time, every single time you hoist a three pointer, where you're just like, well, I really sure hope this one goes in. Right. And that's just enough of a little bit of a glitch to maybe you know make that thing go a little bit too far to the left or the right, or too strong or too short or whatever it is. Right. Um, Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. 
And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.